undisturbed calmness of mind is attained by cultivating friendliness towards the happy compassion for the unhappy delight in the virtuous and indifference toward the wicked a quote by patanjali a hindu author mystic and a philosopher who is believed to have lived in the 2nd century bce called also as gonardiya or gonika putra he authored several books famous among which are the yoga sutras and the mahabhashya an ancient treatise on sanskrit grammar and linguistics based on the ashtadhyayi of panini hello my name is malathi and this is my show titled the impressive emperors here we talk to women leaders to understand what it takes to become a leader to understand the journey from within the journey to becoming a female leader with a higher purpose life is a roller coaster of excitement and challenges while excitements are welcome we often find it a challenge to face the challenges life is so full of challenges and no one is exempt from them by learning to accept them and face them head on one can learn a lot of life lessons and become more content or satisfied with life our today's guest Ms. Beena Kutti Parambil comes with 25 plus years of experience in the field of adolescent development and participation, reproductive health, HIV AIDS and child protection. She possesses a deep understanding of program development, program management policy and research. She has a strong experience in managing teams, building strategic partnerships with governments, national stakeholders, UN agencies, NGOs and academia. for delivering program results policy development and resource mobilization she takes life's ups and downs in her stride and faces life as it comes she strongly believes in the possibilities and always trusts the goodness of people she is proud to be a woman a daughter sister mother and a friend to many join beena and me as we discuss about her strengths and eventually let's understand what makes her the impressive empress good evening beena hi how are you good evening i'm doing well how are you thank you yeah i'm doing fine thank you thank you very nice to have you on our show titled the impressive empress where we are talking to women from various fields thank you so much thank you for having me on your show thank you can you briefly introduce yourself beena let me start with where i am so currently i work for unicef uh, based in bangkok my main area of professional work is health and health related i work on adolescent uh, development and participation but of course uh, in my professional area you also have a very broad uh, kind of portfolio where you work for uh, policy development uh, with the wherever we work in the government uh, system we also on the other hand really work with on the ground uh, with uh, people in the community maybe to demonstrate project to give the best practices to influence again uh, country's program so it's a very interesting and amazing uh, uh, organization i work for personally i think that's what you want to maybe hear uh, i'm generally a very happy content uh, person 
things cannot really shake me up very easily so that's that's what i would say about myself but of course i'm a mother of uh, uh, grown up graduate uh, child as much as i'm a daughter myself and uh, as elder sister uh, of my sibling so i have kind of all the roles uh, uh, in my life so i've been an active child i'm mean, very active uh, in uh, extracurricular activities um, trained classical dancer and those days uh, my younger days i have forgotten what the stage looks like now uh, sometimes even at this uh, stage and age i get to go on to uh, some of those performances where when you are outside the country you are a part of the indian community and then you get to perform for a diwali or an onam or some festival so that that's been my second innings at this uh, stage but otherwise yes i've been active uh, in uh, various dance forms and uh, debate clubs and extempers and all that my school days even leadership has been a part of my life but then life is not always consistent so things change there are ups and downs in life so you kind of uh, take life in your stride yeah that's a that's a nice introduction bina thank you and you mentioned uh, all facets of a woman's uh, roles different kinds of roles that we all have and which is your favorite one if there is one what do you enjoy being the most uh, i don't want to hurt my daughter but then maybe me being a daughter <laughs> is is maybe the most uh, easiest space mm-hmm. but what i really passionately enjoy is my role as a mother Mm-hmm. Uh, when i say that it's not only mother to one child the the what you call the essence of that uh, space uh, i would ins- i would say uh, is much beyond just one child or you know your own fam- children in your own family because i definitely want to say that here that uh, feeling of motherhood is not when you give birth to a child alone it's the way you look at life I mean, if it be it nature, be it your work, be it how you conduct yourself, it's the core of a person. So some people feel that way. For me, yeah, that woman in me, I'm very proud woman. I I never in my life thought that I want to be a man because you know, growing up stage, especially adolescence, many of your friends would say, "Oh, I wish I was a man." With all all the difficulties of being, you know, a adolescent girl and a child in India, where you have a lot of other issues of safety and you know traveling at the night or those restrictions, especially when I was growing up in in nineties, that was different. But even then, I don't think even for a day I ever thought I want to be a man. So I'm a proud woman. The Empress, the in the title, the Impressive Empress. uh empress is actually an acronym in that the first two letters em actually stands for embrace the woman in you and uh, you have you have said it so beautifully about your role sure yeah <laughs> thank you for that that's it's a, it's a lovely uh, way of uh, bringing out a name in your show how does it work for you being a leader and uh, being a woman or being a mother um i also understand that you are a single parent and 
how are you able to balance this? Oh, okay. So you stole my word. So for me, balance is the ultimate uh, thing. Uh, I'm basically, or I believe I'm kind of a uh, balanced person. For me, being grounded and being practical is something which comes first because uh, leadership is not according to me, is not a position or somebody who kind of communicates and you know, being there and leading. And I, I don't think that kind of an aura around uh, leadership, which sometimes people misunderstand. Uh, for uh, This is all my opinion, right? Misunderstand is not my, my way of looking at leadership. Leadership is what do you feel comfortable? Uh, what do you feel the peace at? Because... Uh, it's where you influence others. It's how you inspire uh, people, your commitment, your passion. So these are things which is you. Because skills, like you know, any other leadership skills you hear and people strive to reach that, anybody can develop it. You need to sometimes the level varies, so some people need to work hard for developing certain skills. Some people will have uh, certain skills very handy. So that's a different um, a technical level. But for me, a compassion, uh, believing in uh, people around you, trusting your team, trusting the people around you, those things are the core of a person. And for me, the leaders emerge from there. So how you influence and how you help others get inspired by you trusting you and that gives the you know people around you the space to be who they are in their own natural self and how you can kindle the creativity in people the space for others and for me a good leader stands watches motivates them people around you and when something you think is not going right, that is when you step in. Not like you don't need to be always at the beginning of the line and, you know, keep marching forward. You can also be at the side. You can be at the back. You can be in the middle, depending on who, where wants your support and nudging. And then you nurture them. So for me, uh, the leadership is not only working a space uh, in a house, visibly, especially in a patriarchal society, you might may think the man is the leader there but then a person comes and gives some money there or uh, just fulfills the responsibility doesn't mean that the leadership is it with that person the woman who is running the family with what they have woman who is managing those children their timing you know other members timing their own uh, self-development all lot of things is managed or multitasked by a person and I think for me, that is where the leadership is. It's a person who brings things together, get you know, uh, people to function peacefully, stay peacefully. I think that is the leadership. So for me, women are ultimate leaders. You don't need to be marching in a company on top of the ladder. Great. I like it. Yeah, bringing, bringing things together and uh, getting them to work is the primary function of a leader. and. Uh, Yes, women. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, women excel at it oftentimes. Yeah, I, I, they, they inspire people around in a different way. I mean, uh, that is why maybe 
women's collectives are very successful if you look at everywhere when they come together there's a lot of joy lot of give and take lot of support to each other so i think those are the qualities which go a long way the compassion is what they go a long way and how if all that comes together and if you can put it for the betterment of the society that is ultimately uh, there so even if it's a company with a commercial organization they produce uh, uh, products for betterment of the society fine a mother works for the betterment of the children so every walk of your life i think you are a leader if you really do things with a lot of sincerity passion and truthfulness i think that pays hmm great very nicely said so uh, you have also been moving a lot uh, in your career what were the challenges that you had um as a mother i i would look at it as more of uh, excitement because as i as you mentioned also uh, uh, at early stages in my life uh, i happened to be a single uh, mother and it's not easy uh, when you have a small child who has seen death uh, you know in their life very early to manage that uh, insecurity and balance because uh, before i really got into work with the unicef i had the support of the family we used to stay together so she had a lot of uh, uh, support but of course uh, with with the life changing and um, when i had this very in a way demanding and much more uh, responsible job compared to a part time or a much more easier timing and easier job i was doing at my early stages of my life uh, to balance uh, my family life it was different so for me moving was an exciting space in a way because uh, initially maybe uh, escapism because when you move out of the space where you were with the family you know and then when you lose somebody in life and then you move away from that space nobody know you are uh, a single person or you are uh, you know recently become single nothing so everybody treats you just like another person there is no you know sympathetic i and i really like that so the my first move was very 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 comfortable uh, in a way though i was not moving to a very comfortable part of uh, india with respect to all the states in india but in early 2000 uh, i worked or in 2000 i worked in up and i worked in bihar uh, so much later into my career only i moved to the moved to hyderabad so the two difficult states at that point in time we used to call them battleground states i worked there so that was uh, that way different but for me these moves were very very uh, nice because when you are in a smaller town or a smaller uh, environment it's less challenging as a single uh, parent to a smaller town and then the people are much more um, friendly and caring and supporting because in a bigger city it's difficult it's not that people are different or the people don't want to help you because the distances are more and things like that but culturally yes you keep learning every time when you move the language how people behave like even from looking for houses to stay i still remember i mean uh, 20 years ago you can imagine how um, or 15 years ago how i i, I mean young i was at that point in time and so people would look at me and say okay you want to 
uh, hire a house rent a house stay with a child alone with a house help and you know people would be very skeptical how do you manage how do you do but i think it's a lot of support from colleagues friends your family it's more than somebody being physically with you i think people just giving you that space to do what you want to do how you want to do and then let you know that if you need we are there i think that is what for me is much more important than you know being um, physically around you and trying to control or kind of uh, give you that protection sometimes so for me i think that is how even i uh, got my daughter growing up it was very interesting stage when you asking me when i'm looking back even uh, also to tell her like you know i still remember it was very difficult for both of us to say uh, the father is not there um, and so for a child to say that uh, everybody ask you know when they see the mother they ask in a new place hey where's your father is a father working abroad right to say father is no more it's not easy and i noticed that many times and i didn't want that insecurity in her so i remember once uh, calling her and saying that okay i have seen it twice that you know xyc asking you where is your father you only smiling so one even they will think a 7 year old don't know where the father is that's really strange or they think you don't like your father you know you don't want to say anything so she was like wow you know that's the thing. i said say it it's difficult first time difficult second time but say it that, i mean it it was not easy that way to balance you know uh, to make sure that the child doesn't feel insecure and when you're a single mother when i'm traveling she will say hey if something happens to you while traveling what will happen to me and i can only say that nothing will happen to me but there is no guarantee things can happen to you but i'm assuming you know that uh, those things will not happen and i will be there for you forever so it's not easy at the initial stages of a child uh, nurturing and growing the child up but once i think you develop that support system uh, in where you are if you carefully do it i think it's very empowering for me and for the child because you know you are independent on one side at the same time you know you have trustworthy people to fall back to if you need uh, i never had any any bad or difficult experience yes i need to be careful where i take the house i need to be very watchful that where my child gets down from the school bus how much he has to walk what is the place he is walking who's my house help who's coming and going yes you need to have that uh, but you shouldn't be over obsessed with these things then you will spoil your life and the child's life <laughs> very true yes yes every child especially for a girl child if you can make them independent confident of you know handling things on their own i think that's the best thing parents can give the best gift from the parents to their children yeah give them the personal space and uh, help them make decisions you know ask them when they say it they should at least feel that they had the choice and then you can nudge them you know slowly mold them and say mm, this may not be the best thing because maybe i i was able to take life head on i would say you know without uh, a even a minute of thinking twice uh, to continue my work and leave alone with my child is thanks to my parents i mean if they wouldn't have given me the exposure and the confidence to move on i am not uh, you know uh, i mean i wouldn't say that i'm kind of a person who would uh, anywhere in the crowd would stand out 
But when I needed to face things, I stood out. So that's what I would say. Thanks. Thanks for taking life head on and uh, reaching where you are because the kind of work that you're doing, uh, working with the adolescent children, teenage children, teen pregnancy, uh, and all of the other stuff with the HIV uh, patients, it requires strength, courage, willpower. I don't know, some of the words, uh, adjectives that come to my mind. But I would like to know uh, what influenced you to get into this particular field? Uh, as a growing up child in uh, India, for me, Mother Teresa used to fascinate me. I used to wonder, I mean, how can somebody be so selfless, no, don't want any comforts, just keep giving it to others. And she used to fascinate me. But at the same time, the profession I liked was what my father was doing. He was a, a doctor. So that was a profession which was I really liked. You know, I used to see uh, him working relentlessly, uh, you know, giving service to people. And somewhere, these things must have been there in back of my mind when I was at the juncture where, like any other young person, I really didn't know exactly where I was going. So I kept studying what I liked. At the same time, uh, I was not very sure what profession I was getting into. And of course, for the post-graduation, I really needed to nail it because I, I didn't have time to now waver and think whether I want to do science or whether I want to do math. And then I had a... A relative who was also doing a different stream of uh, social work, but you know, sitting and talking to different people to get my mind uh, into the right direction. I wouldn't want to say what I was intending to do initially. Uh, I don't want to say that now, but then I would want to answer your question. And somewhere I thought the balance was that um, I had to give to people, people, and I knew my space of happiness was when I see others happy. That was my nature, you know. Um, and I was like, okay. Then I narrowed down to a professional uh, social work because I don't think I could have been like a Mother Teresa giving a selfless uh, service and not having uh, my life uh, turning out to be uh, at certain ways or, you know, needed to be independent and having a looking after my family. So I said, no, that may not work for me. So the balance. And of course, I like... Um, as I said, my father's profession. So I ended up doing medical and psychiatric social work where I had social work as part of it. And I also had a lot of exposure uh, to the hospitals and the medical profession. But of course, uh, at the end of it, somewhere along the line, my passion was to work with children. And that I realized. And then I said, yes, UNICEF is uh, where I would be able to do that and you know, make a difference in many many children's life uh, in my lifetime hmm. can you talk about one particular case that was very interesting for you of course if you're allowed and uh, where you had contributed really for the betterment of the child i wouldn't want to say about a particular case or uh, something because uh, that may not be ethical without even you know uh, even if i don't say names or whatever but um, i can talk about recent uh, work than maybe going back uh, into my past work. So currently one of the streams of work which has given me a lot of uh, satisfaction and which I also felt pretty um, unhappy as an unfinished business when I was working in India and when I left India was to work with uh, 
children who have been convicted uh, for uh, you know officially saying the crime uh, for me children are victims of circumstances or children do things maybe sometimes manipulated by adults for me no child is uh, born criminal no child has any intention of harming uh, anybody so i want to say that first when i call them uh, convicted so for whatever reason there are these children who uh, in unfortunate uh, circumstances and they are held up hold uh, up in an institution for long period of their life but back here of course they do get uh, go to school or in the institutional schooling uh, there are um, vocational uh, training facilities and things like that but then somewhere these kids don't get to develop to their full potential for sure because they are in that kind of a situation so one good work uh, which i could say that is to be reached out to some of these children uh, along with how we reach out to the school children and other children and uh, one of the key areas of work uh, i do here is to develop path to employability for children because not all um, above 18 year olds getting a similar job not everybody is doing post graduation or there are children who drop out even after school so uh, but earning an economic empowerment is a key aspect of you know the development of some of these children for their future so um, when we ran the solution challenge for children where people uh, can participate and Uh, find a solution for a problem they face in their life and then we support the best um, uh, solutions through a competitive process where the mentors are there i don't want to go into process but very very um, an ethically organized um, program we select some of these solutions to be uh, funded or supported by other agencies so we bring agencies together and help them Uh, and uh, so this uh, particular uh, part piece of work the children uh, who have been convicted and uh, in the juvenile uh, training facility they became uh, one of the global winners uh, last year through the solution challenge and i have seen so that team had only four children and i have seen how they transformed their life in the six months of being with us and how they inspired almost 6000 children in different institutions because all these institutions have been uh, looking at now solution to see how the children could be given special training and special skills so that when they go out of the system they don't get sucked into any criminal society or you know go jobless and you know those are the vulnerable situation where they get caught by other um, you know adults or situation and come back so this has been something which of course need to be uh, tried and tested for longer period of time but i feel very very happy when i look at these children who uh, came and told me one of them who was been punished uh, for a certain crime for longer time and he said i never knew second chance can make so much difference in my life and it kind of you know hit me so hard and i was thinking all of us get second chance in our life and these children are no different and when he got the second real chance when he could shine and he could make many other children also think that they could shine
I think uh, creating such roles is an amazing uh, feeling. It is. It is indeed. When when life gives us a second chance, uh, when we have good mentors around, good advisors around, then it it is really helpful. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, sometimes you do get uh, opportunities, you do get uh, chances in front of you. Maybe everybody is not getting it. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Whether it is you know nature, destiny, or God, or people want to call it different names. But yes, uh, that is true. Sometimes some things happens you know to you, and then you get a second chance. But that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I'm really happy for the wonderful work that you're doing, trying to elevate people and elevate children of all. So I'm helping them have a second chance in their lives. That's what we would do, you know, because uh, most of us would want to reach uh, children who are unreached because that's one of our key objectives. Not that we do work in education, we do work in uh, health. We do work to take uh, policies forward. We do work in uh, child protection. So there are different streams of work uh, we do. But end of the day, every child needs to get an equal chance. So that's mm-hmm. the basic principle all of us work on. And here I have a question from one of our uh, listeners, uh, Ramya from uh, Netherlands, has uh, asked this very lovely question. Now we see a lot of uh, such children um, and they are kind of stigmatized and uh, how i mean how how do they kind of once they get the second chance as you call it how do they just uh, go out to the society and how does the society accept them how do they handle their psychology or anxiety issues and how does the family handle all of that wow that's like all lot of questions <laughs> so uh, maybe uh, i would start with the last one so how do families handle that yes there are professional support families can take in terms of developing parental skills or skills for guardian when again i say parental like you know somebody like me who's a single parent uh, but there could be a child who don't even have both the parents or there could be a child who's living with the guardian so whoever so whoever is the adult in the in the child's life would definitely need to make a conscious parenting effort there's no doubt about it we can't just leave things to chance there has to be a conscious effort in uh, nurturing children for sure and their first job should be uh, to give them an environment without any stigma or judgment so i could have a past you could have a past but then if you are going to be judgmental people around you that's going to increase the self stigmatization because any child going through such situation will also be self stigmatizing i can talk about children living with a child it's so difficult to work with them because they have stigma uh, themselves even if you don't discriminate uh, you know they come with that thinking that oh my god you know people are going to judge me uh, if i'm going to be t- going to the hospital people are going to judge maybe people are judging them of course but some people are not judging them so it, it's a societal construct which is already there as you rightly asked so for me it's very important for adult around the children to be open 
to be non-judgmental and giving them that environment to grow to their potential. So for me, that's important. All of all the kids come with certain potential and you need to get them to their maximum potential. There is nothing less than that one child should be getting. So that's the key for me. Second is importantly, there is a lot of professionals available. I mean, everywhere, psychologists, psychiatrists, you have teachers as counselors or you know uh, there are a lot of uh, trained people who can who no, need not be a psychiatrist or psychologist at that level but there are a lot of people whom we can train or already trained as the first point of contact who can identify a problem in a child before it becomes an issue it's very easy for a teacher to notice the change of behavior in a child an active happy you know, outgoing child suddenly becomes quiet or suddenly not start doing homework or suddenly become absent-minded. These are the things you can notice. You need to help children with professional care. I think parents or adults themselves don't want that. Take my child to the doctor. What would others think? That's a huge mistake. I think we need to normalize uh, mental health care psychological care as much as we care a child for fever if there is slightest fever parents sometimes overreact right we all know like oh take the child go if the doctor is not available you call doctor and say can you please see my child and you know all lot of things but the same thing if the child's behavior seems to be different or you think the child need help why are we not giving that help so one of uh, the major things which globally now happening, especially in the context of COVID, is mental health issues. Mental health seems to be a huge emerging challenge for people like us who are working with young people. What we could say is two levels. Professional help. Professionals need to be there. We need to make mental health accessible, child-friendly, and also we need to create a lot of peer support. Because children talk to other children first. So it's a good idea to create more young people be aware and uh, helpful so that they have basic tips and skills to help each other and nudge a friend to maybe go towards the professional help than making fun of them. So I think that's one of the key elements which I also want to maybe answer the person. It's not only the adult world. I think we need to also develop these young people and the third point is online care because kids first thing they look at is now online google search what is the symptoms or what am i going to oh i'm depressed you know it's it's so what we need to do is to create platforms where children are i agree there are a lot of issues we need to look at they shouldn't be getting uh, abused online bullying shouldn't be happening they should get factual information but every country every government can mindfully develop online platforms where children can get first level of care and service be it through asking questions and answers like a chat be it through online anonymous counseling because you need to make a point of contact develop confidence in a child then give them the professional help so it's not a difficult thing at all children are you know such receptive and resilient people I love to say this uh, example, which I used to use in school education program way back in 90s. We say, if you have a bamboo, and if you see a banyan tree, in a storm, banyan tree will stand straight and you know survive. The bamboo will also survive. It will go with the wind this side, 
and with the wind blowing onto the other side then they come back and stand straight both those things survive so there are different skills we have different personalities we have we need to have the right level of support skills developed that gives you resilience and once the resilience comes it stays with you lifelong you will use it in different situation like this resilience i mean it's it's not only for the the children or for any adult i think it's more important for you as a social worker resilience empathy emotional intelligence how did you develop them or were you born with that it's difficult to say because life is experience and uh, if you are mindful and conscious of uh, those experience um, i think it it gets to you uh, naturally because there has to be certain core beliefs uh, in you to get get there so for me um, every human being is nice that's my first premises you know nobody is bad nobody mean uh, bad so i start with trusting and i start with looking at things uh, positively so it's that is where my basic thing comes from uh, so as you keep hearing the you know uh, very most commonly used word is like you know stand yourself i mean put yourself in somebody else's shoes um i don't know how to you know explain that or that everybody knows everybody but for me uh, it's just that you look at your fellow human being anybody that be first thing is with the trust and positivity because all of us behave in a certain way because of circumstances today i'm sitting here and talking to you tomorrow if i had some other hassle uh, and i might say malati no please i can only talk two minutes and uh, you need to understand me that oh maybe there is a situation she is saying this because yesterday she didn't say that and she gave me you know all answers patiently um, so instead of saying she is rude you may want to look at uh, bina and say oh maybe there is something else happening i may want to be asking her oh is everything okay or what is wrong with you or you may want to say that okay let let her go today i may want to come back to her the other day i think that little patience if we show uh, to the people around us i think we will create lot of positivity around us so for me um it may not be the best way uh, in many times i also keep hearing even from my family don't put others first but for me most of the time uh, that comes automatically or naturally so as you are saying where does that come it must be your self training over a period of time it must be the uh, environment lovely childhood i had the way my parents may be or the role models i looked at so i can't say an exactly where it comes from i think we all absorb things from the nature and develop certain things within us and comes from there what according to you are the three or four most important skills required for one to be successful as a social worker let's take the word success out <laughs> because because it's it's what you perceive right it's a perception uh, 
So for me, uh, I would want to say what makes uh, a person maybe happy or be at peace with yourself. For me, the success is when you are at peace with yourself and you are in the space of happiness and say, yeah, you know, this is what uh, I am happy about. Or this is what I, I would uh, enjoy doing every day, uh, day in and out. Uh, what is that? One has to be constantly learning for me that's one of there could be many but what is coming into my mind at this point in time is that one has to be constantly open to learning i think none of us can say that oh i am you know technically best there no i think that's that's something which i would uh, tell especially developmental professional i mean i call myself as that uh, because social work sometimes is misunderstood in many ways. So the developmental professionals, I think, we need to be, or any any professional, need to be constantly learning and uh, willing to change. So learning and changing is, you know, it's like a wheel. You learn, then you change, then you learn. So you are never stop uh, changing because if you are not willing to adapt, change, I don't think uh, you can reach uh, anywhere. Uh, the other critical point uh, for me, for my personal life, is self-motivation. The motivation has to be within. If you look for external motivation, oh, I did this and, you know, my boss didn't say this or I did that and somebody else took the, uh, you know, show from me or whatever. I, I don't think that would work long term. So if you want to be long term uh, and uh, in... Uh, in that space where happiness or a joy, the motivation has to be coming from within. That means it's your passion. Uh, and last but not the least one is consistency. I think one has to be uh, consistent. Uh, when I say consistent, it comes up with the word for me, perseverance. Because they, life is not easy. Professional life is not easy. You will have personal life, professional life, a lot of things going on. You need to be like, you know, I wouldn't, uh, what do you call, I wouldn't give up. I'm going to try my best till I find a solution. I could be again back to learning, back to looking at mentors, whatever way that is. I think it's important not to give up, you know, never say die. Never say die, yeah. So you said, let's remove the success out of it. So how then would you define success for yourself? My happiness. <laughs> so if I am, if I should be at peace, end of the day, uh, there, there are difficult days. I'm not uh, any different from any, anybody around. And I'm a very ordinary human being. And, you know, there's no extraordinary uh, magic or I'm not in, uh, in an extraordinary position anywhere but uh, there could be hurts, there could be difficult days but for me my yardstick is that if that doesn't come to my mind tomorrow when I wake up, it's done and some people ask me is it practice? I don't know. It's just that I always pushed away the negative thinking or um, thinking or issues which has become a baggage or which would have become a baggage out of my uh, mind all the time. So it could be over a period of time that become a practice today. I don't need to do with anything consciously. So 
I come back from office, maybe, oh my God, this happened, maybe this person misunderstood me and she said this and maybe I could have said something else or I shouldn't have said something. All this can happen to anybody. And then that heaviness, I think I come back, have a wash, eat my food, you know, read something or watch something distractive, listen to music, whatever I do. End of the day, when I go to sleep, I should be able to go to sleep, wake up with a fresh, happy day and I like looking forward to go back to the next day. So that's how it works for me. So that's my peaceful uh, space. Success, you, every, everybody has different parameters. Some people plan with a goal. I don't have any, uh, anything against it. You want to become something. It could be position or somebody like me. It's the happiness and it's the peaceful space I am in. For uh, somebody, it's what you want to create. So it's depending on what you define. But whatever you define and whatever you plan, you need to be practical and you need to be using common sense. For me, that's very important because you can plan, you can go up you know, step by step and then you know in the time of Corona, there are a lot of uncertainties certainties in life. So if there are things which beyond your plan and your control because everybody is planning. So if all young people today have that thinking, I think half their, uh, uh, what do you call heartbreak and mental health issues will not be there if you have that practical frame of mind when you make your plans and you plan your life ahead and where you want to be, how much money you want to earn, what kind of a car you want, all that is fine. If that motivates you, I wouldn't have anything against it. But end of the day, everybody needs to think there could be a COVID <laughs> or no, there could be a, a stormy day and things can change a bit. So if you are not flexible to, again, I said, change, it's going to be difficult. Very nice. So how do you kind of handle your own emotions? I mean, every day is not going to be the same. And uh, for a normal person like me, when I talk to someone who's not doing so well in life, least of all, someone who's convicted or someone who's an addict, is going to drain me both physically and emotionally. But you are, you are dealing with such people, I think, all through your life. So how do you manage your emotions and still manage to give that broad smile? That's my profession. I chose to do it. Uh, uh, so that, that's uh, something which makes me in a better position because I chose to do a profession and then I am in one of the good places in that profession. So what else can I ask? So the, my, the smile comes automatically from uh, the joy of uh, that space I have. But on the other hand, in a way I'm lucky. I, I'm not meeting people on a day-to-day basis uh, with uh, these kind of emotions compared to maybe some of the counselors who may community workers who, who really need them. I used to do it in early stages of my career for sure. Uh, as I said, it's not easy. It's difficult to uh, handle uh, sometimes uh, our own emotions and handle others' emotions because it can affect you if you are a compassionate person and if you have uh, um, empathy or you know all those emotions would come in. But end of the day, we all need to also uh, 
understand that what you can do is the best you can do. Not all of us can change everything. Not all of us can make a difference in every aspect of everybody's life. So we do our best. Uh, as I said earlier, that's the key thing. You know, you do your best, don't give up. You keep striving for it and not to let it go. But at the same time, people in every situation also need to do best what they can do. Because there's no point in comparing you and me and then I say, oh, Malti has that. That's not going to help. I need to compete with myself and say, okay, this is what I have. What can I get out of this or what can I give out of this? I think that kind of um, uh, practical application if you do, Otherwise, it's difficult to survive in any profession where you work with human being. If the doctors were to go into depression every time a patient dies, you will have more depressed doctors than uh, <laughs> depressed patients. So I think it's also the people, right? I mean, you will only do what you can do. Uh, I also sometimes uh, tell myself, life gives you what you can take. <laughs> so uh, that's that's my standard way of telling myself. I, I'm not saying it's as a philosophy, but I, I keep saying myself, yeah, yeah, I can take it. That's why I get it. Now the same way I can handle that emotion. That is why I'm going there. If I can't handle, I would run away from this profession. I wouldn't stay in there. So I think that's uh, you know that kind of professional training and uh, certain things which you develop over a period of time, going through that experience. And then you mature with your age and uh, practical uh, application of what you've been doing. So you reach a space, but you do get emotional. There are definitely, when you when I see children uh, maybe in a better place, I get more emotional. My eyes fill when I see them doing well. And I'm like, wow, you know. So I think that's my strength. Hmm. Wonderful. So is there a difference in the way women work and the men work in your profession? Uh, I wouldn't uh, say that uh, it's because of man or a woman. Uh, I really, really don't think uh, it's that difference is there. It's how each one of us train ourselves or get opportunity to do it. Because as you're saying, there are a lot of societal norms and structures and, you know, the social constructs within which um, maybe generation... Uh, after generation grew up so people may be put into certain boxes to say that oh this is not a profession for men but i don't see that in uh, where i work organization like ours there are a lot of men and women but it's very interesting also if you look at there are certain jobs within the organization women seem to be opting for more or women are more uh, these are also again things which need to change and slowly changing because sometimes people think if I take up a certain type of job, it's easy for me to balance. I think handle XYZ task and I can go back and look after the family. So it's a choice that sometimes women make, the choices the society has made for us. Uh, we need to break that. <laughs> I'm sure uh, it's changing slowly. But I think it's there in every one of us. As a woman, I would say that it's we who need to change. 
don't wait for others to give us that sanction or a space or ask us to change. There is always a, a point when you reach. I think everybody breaks that, but different people have different uh, threshold, you know. So it's like some people keep on taking, keep on taking, and there is a particular day or a time then you'll turn around and say, I'm not taking this anymore, right? I'm sure all those who are listening would be thinking in different days in their life. Some people would go on more longer and then one fine morning it's like, I don't care, I'm going to break this chain or this cage I am in or this cliche which I've been put to, I'm going to break it. So for uh, me, yes, it's there in the profession in certain levels of work. More women seems to be there. But opportunities are, I would say, there for us to make a difference and we should do it. Society is changing, but it's not closes uh, even now. Uh, there is definitely in every, every walk of life, there is a level of uh, imbalance. But I think we should take our opportunity. Opportunities are a plenty and it's up to the individual to make use of them and uh, realize their full potential. Yeah, to their situation. I wouldn't say that you need to break everything and, you know, done it. it it's, it's left to you, as I'm saying. We all need to have our reference mind of what is happiness for us. I think that is where we need to operate. With that, I would like to conclude this wonderful discussion that I had with you, lot of uh, lot of insights into the uh, kind of qualities that one needs to bring to be able to reach a certain level. Taking a cue from you, I wouldn't want to use the word success. So to reach, oh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't mean it that way because uh, sometimes you know uh, sometimes you take life forward. Uh, but sometimes I also think that life propels you. Uh, you know, it's not that always you take it forward. So one need to understand that uncertainty of life, and that's the beauty of life. I mean, if I knew my tomorrow, if I know five years from now what I'm going to be, life would be exciting. So for me, uh, that is where I said, you know. I don't want to define success because today's definition of my success will change tomorrow when something changes. So that's what I, I would say. Life sometimes takes you uh, forward, uh, but sometimes you take life forward. So it's depending on uh, what that circumstance. Yes, yes. Very beautifully said. So thank you so much, Bina. I wish you loads of happiness in taking your life forward the way you want it to. Thank you. Thank you. I wish uh, success, happiness, health and peace for all your uh, viewers and all for all the endeavors, uh, future endeavors of yours. Thank you so much and thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you, Veena. All of us are leaders in our own ways. Everybody has it in them. It's a matter of how each one of us plays that role in a given situation. Coping with uncertainties at various levels, Bina has processed emotions, managed expectations, and emerged resilient with compassion and emotional intelligence. Constantly learning and adapting is the most important in personal growth. 
Looking forward to life with less baggage from the past makes each one of us live lighter and better, says Bina. I really am impressed with her one-line summary of life. Sometimes you take life forward, sometimes life propels you. Either way, you will be the winner. Thank you, Bina, for being there, serving the cause of the adolescents. Salutations to such inspirers in our lives. Thank you so much for listening in. I look forward to receiving your comments on how you like this conversation and if you found it inspiring. I'm also glad to receive any questions you would like me to ask our next guest. Do write to me at empress at bogia.online. Also, please do visit us at bogia.online slash the impressive empress to get to know more of such leaders and how you can lead like the impressive empress.